Thank you for joining the Maven's Private Diaries, brought to you by thespicyboudoir.com, purveyor of high-quality, premium, body-safe pleasure products for the over-50s and people living with a disability. Hi, my name is Susan, and these are my private diaries. Occasionally, I will host a guest speaker or read out someone else's diary, with their permission, of course. Content warning. This podcast contains the occasional swear word, lewd comments and discussion around sex. Warning, warning. You will no doubt hear the emotional pangs of a woman who has lost her libido to menopause. Listen at your own risk and enjoy. Today I've got a very special guest and I'm really, really excited to introduce to you all Mr. Dave Wells from Dave Wells Therapies. Hi, Dave. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank, thank you so much for your time. I know how incredibly busy you are. Oh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's okay. Well, it's a very important week this week being Men's Health Week. And I wanted my community to become more aware about issues around men's health. And you happen to be a sexologist, but you also specialise in mental health. So can you just give us a bit of a brief overview about who you are and and what you offer people? Okay, Um, my name's, as you said, my name's David. Um, I'm a clinical sexologist, which means that I've done a master's degree in sexual therapies. Um, but uh, 20 years of my background has been working in sexual health and community services. So I've worked with a lot of people in a lot of different situations that require support. So, um, yeah, basically I'm very broad in my field and the mental health area. Um, I've been working as one-on-one with people with severe complex mental health conditions and helping them towards recovery. Gosh, that's, that's amazing. And um, in terms of men's health, we were talking um, the other day about, you know, what guides you. And you mentioned a great quote, which I've held true to myself as well. And that's to live a life in fear is a life half lived. So how does that translate across to men's health and well-being, Dave? Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes and from a past experience, I've worked with a lot of diverse men from different communities across Australia and across Australia. Um, and one thing I found in common with men, I also discuss, um, men's health issues online on, on different chat lines because men appreciate the confidentiality and tend to be more comfortable in speaking openly through those avenues. But there's a lot of barriers for men to discussing their sexual concerns or sexual experiences. They're not socialized by our society to do that, where women are more likely to talk with each other. Men often deal with things on their own. Is that um, something that's, I guess, genetic or the way society operates? Because, you know, women do do tend to talk out um, to their friends and reach out and connect and talk about their problems. So how does that come about for men? Well, this is where it combines with mental health because for a lot of men, um, they're socializing what it is to be a man. And if you're outside of those uh, prerequisites, um, a lot of men feel inferior in different ways. And 
talking about health, a lot of research has shown that men are not good at talking about their health issues or accessing health services. But when it comes to sexual health, it's even more of a problem. An example of that, men, and I'll, I'll be blunt here, but men don't go down to their pub and say to their mates, oh, I'm having problems with premature ejaculation or I'm having a problem mm. with erectile dysfunction. It's not something they do because sometimes they're fearing that they'll be perceived as weak. Um, and also there's an embarrassment to talking about those things in the sense of they might be judged or have judgment or there might be breaches of confidentiality. Um, so a lot of men tend to go into avoidance and trying to put initiatives in place to deal with those problems themselves. But of course, those problems cause anxiety. And when they're engaged sexually or having even relationships, um, those anxieties will come to the forefront when, when in that engagement. So um, for a lot of men, I've learned online that a lot of men share similar thoughts about things that are problematic for them. And because they don't discuss them, they don't realize how common they are. Mm. So they feel like they're the only ones in the world that are experiencing it and they go into hiding. So um, through talking to men, uh, talking about fantasy, talking about sexual health, and when I say sexual health, I mean broadly, not just in the sense of disease or health conditions. It can include sexuality, it can include gender, it can include sexual performance or sexual dysfunctions, which are problems men have physically when they're engaged sexually as well. And that crosses over mental health. And do you think um, COVID has now added an extra level of complexity to, to men being able to speak up and connect with someone to give them some support? Um, COVID-19, um, I mean, the outcomes of COVID-19 are yet to be experienced since it's relatively new, but at the same time, a lot of people have been isolated. So when you think that men aren't talking, that men aren't sharing their experiences, and they're isolated normally with their sexual health, being isolated because of COVID-19 even makes them more alone to deal with those conditions. Mm. If they're in relationships or experiences where they are having sex through the COVID-19 at home, then there might be less chance for them to, uh, or more prevalence of those problems um, being identified. So um, it can sometimes magnify problems that men have. Mm. So when you're involved in uh, counselling with with people, um, can you just give us an overview of, say if someone came to you with um, uh, erectile dysfunction, for instance, what steps would you go through with that person, Dave? Right. Well, um, first off, I, I like to go back. I mean, a lot of people hate going back in history because um, it can dig up some um, uncomfortable thoughts and feelings but um, especially when we're younger we go through different traumatic experiences and, and we put strategies in place to the best of our ability but they're not always strategies that are in our benefit as we get older in life so I find going back to um, just to lightly explore the, the history of relationships with family relation past relationships with lovers or intimate partners um, their value system where the values have come from all those things can have a big bearing on somebody's anxiety to do with sex um, or even their comfort in talking about it. So um, by exploring that part of their life first, sometimes it identifies areas that um, relate to their current day 
difficulties. But in, on the other sense, when we're talking about erectile dysfunction, erectile dysfunction can be a physical condition as well. Um, for example, men with cardiovascular problems can be more likely to have problems forming erections. So it's a twofold way of dealing with it where I collaborate with health services and it'd be important to work with the GP of the client and make sure that um, there's no physical things there that are causing erectile dysfunction. And at the same time, work with the social and psychological impacts that having the condition has on that person in their daily life. Because mm. it, it, I just can imagine it um, uh, would be something that would be on their mind all the time and, and have the uh, great potential to impact on their relationships with their partner. Oh, it, definitely. You know, whether a person's single or in a relationship, and I'm, I have many men I've worked with that have been in both situations. If they're single and they meet someone for sexual reasons, the first thing that if they get sexually engaged, they're going to be concerned straight away that they're not be able to form an erection. And mm. um, that's going to be their frightened of judgment from their partner thinking that they're inadequate or um, so straight away that raises their anxiety levels, which is a death sentence for forming an erection. Um, mm. When it comes to relationships, um, some it's perceived, it's not the way it usually is, but it's perceived that if a person has an erectile dysfunction problems, then the, their partner will think that they don't find them attractive. So different issues can come up for the relationship, especially if men don't communicate well with their partners, then the partner can be left thinking he doesn't find me attractive or it's something I'm doing wrong. Mm. And men don't always communicate to let the partner know that, no, it doesn't have anything to do with you. And there are ways to get around it just in, in developing that relationship further and strengthening it and creating understanding and communication that takes the pressure off men to have to perform. And if they are having problems, there's different activities they can get into that help them along to reach that goal. And if they don't reach that goal, they still have a great time in trying. Mm -hmm. Now, you touched on something before about the various areas that you've worked in and the communities. Um, can, can you expand on that? It's like you've worked with heterosexual people and also the gay community and so forth? Yeah, um, I've been, in my past, I've been heavily involved in working with people with diverse gender, um, which is a, a broad list of different identifications or labels, mm -hmm. um, but it's largely people who are living inside a body that their mind isn't consistent with in the, their gender identity. Um, and I've also worked with uh, predominantly gay men, but LGBT community, lesbian, gay, bisexual community. Um, I've worked also very heavily with men who have sex with men who don't identify as gay. Um, and also I coordinated a statewide um, outreach project on a chat line. And the aim of that was to reach people in regional in communities who um, are very isolated and the aim was to get sexual health information out to them so that for prevention of STIs and HIV so that way they could um, put strategies in place that looked after their, their health and through that experience uh, although we provide a lot of sexual health information most of the discussions were around insecurities to do with sexuality so it could be se their sexual fantasies that they're too scared to fulfill or engage in 
because of fears of uh, breaches of confidentiality or judgment or things like that. Mm. Uh, or even a large part of that was uh, sexual sexuality, sexual identity or sexual orientation, uh, where a lot of men have fantasies about um, having sex with other men or even if it's a three-way situation with a man and a woman um, and they get aroused by those thoughts and but then because our society is has been so um, against men as having sex with men and there's been a lot of discrimination and persecution of, of that community group there's a lot of um, there's a lot more to say to men don't come out don't don't come to terms with your sexual orientation and also we form a lot of labels to identify men these days more than ever before and a lot of people don't fit with un, under a label mm. um, a label has a certain number of prerequisites that men have to meet to to identify as that label and it takes out the whole individuality of sexual orientation so what I mean there is a man can fantasize about having sex with a man. It can be a fantasy. It doesn't necessarily have to be representative of their overall sexual attraction. Mm -hmm. A person, I work with people and then what I try to do is I do a wave labels and I try to find out who the individual is and what makes them tick, what makes them aroused and what turns them on and work on getting rid of all the barriers and fears that stop them from leading a fulfilled life as the person that they are mm. rather than hiding part of that that life mm. oh dave that's such a, a broad area and broad, broad spectrum that you can provide services to so you've touched on so many things there if people wanted to connect with you and work with you one-to-one -one, how can they find you and how can they get in touch okay um good question i've just uh, I just launched my own personal website which has been very exciting a long time in the making so my website address is www.davewellstherapies all one word dot com dot au thank you and I'm, i'll put those links into our chat as well i just really wanted to say thank you so much for your time today i know that you are incredibly busy and that you're off to another appointment um, very shortly um, i'm excited that uh, everyone that dave will be part of the spicy boudoir community and will be there to help um, share his knowledge and wisdom as time goes by so stay tuned on that and thank you again dave very much very much appreciated. thank you for the opportunity susan Thank you for listening to The Maven's Private Diaries. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and took away some wisdom, chuckles or inspiration. Let me know your thoughts, either positive or constructive. Uh, you could leave me a review on your listening app. So this podcast is the property of Susan Jarvis, me, The Maven. For inquiries, please visit www.maven.com the spicyboudoir.com